Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 55, How Marine Worms Breathe. In the past few episodes, we've been talking about gas exchange for marine organisms, how animals get oxygen out of seawater. The simplest and most straightforward way is to absorb oxygen across your skin, called cutaneous gas exchange. This works well if you aren't too big or too thick. Diffusion doesn't take any energy, but it is limited in how fast it happens and the distance over which it can occur. Animals have evolved many strategies to compensate for the limitations of diffusion. Specialized respiratory structures like gills or lungs solve part of the problem, but for large animals, getting the oxygen to all the different parts of the body is a critical part of the respiratory system. For those animals, there has to be some kind of circulatory system to bring oxygen to all the parts distant from the gills. In our bodies, gas exchange occurs in the lungs, and the heart pumps blood through our vascular system to each of our individual cells. This is a blood vascular circulatory system, often referred to as a closed system, though there's certainly a spectrum here. Many marine worms do the same. While there are many, many vermiform animals in the marine environment, it seems to be a wildly successful body type. The marine worms we're interested in today are in the phylum Annelida. This group is known for being segmented, made of a series of repeating and virtually identical body segments. If you've seen an earthworm, you've seen the basic body plan of marine annelids. And if you've seen any marine worms in this phylum, you've most likely seen a clamworm in the family Nereididae. They range in size from nearly microscopic to a foot or more. In my part of the world, we find them washed up on the shore in spring and summer, iridescent green and blue, indicating a post-mating state. If you see one alive, it may be crawling along the surface of the mud or swimming freely in the water column near shore. In both cases, its distinctive undulatory motion, the same side-to-side S-shaped movement pattern as a snake, is easy to recognize. If you zoom in for a closer look, you'll see some of the same body parts that you have. Eyes, though maybe more than two, and a mouth, with teeth in many cases, and some you don't, like sensory tentacles and fleshy face lobes called palps. That's where the similarity ends, at least on casual glance. The rest of the body is made up of repeating units, each one externally virtually identical. But internally, the body cavity is connected throughout, and the gut is continuous for the length of the worm. On each of these body segments, on either side of the body, are little extensions that look sort of like legs or feet, giving the worms a distinctly nightmarish swimming centipede look. They're called parapodia, and aren't legs or feet, though can have a locomotory function. For us, though, they're important because they include the gills. Some of the lobes of the parapodia are highly vascularized and function as gas exchange surfaces. Like many marine organisms with no fear of drying out, these tissues face outward into the external environment, making ventilation very simple. And while they look modest, remember that each segment has two, one on each side of the body. So there's plenty of gas exchange happening. If we follow the gas that's absorbed in the gills into the body, we find that it travels through blood vessels, again, just like us. Inside the worm is mostly muscle and intestine, and these tissues need oxygen. These worms, and many other animals, have evolved a vascular circulatory system, blood vessels that carry blood oxygenated at the respiratory surface to the tissues that need it. In the case of clamworms and many other annelids, they have two main vessels that run the length of their body, one on the top, the dorsal vessel, and one on the bottom, the ventral vessel. 
Blood runs from back to front in the dorsal vessel and is oxygenated along the way from the gills. Then it loops down and moves front to back in the ventral vessel, bringing the blood to the tissues and other organs. Unlike us, they don't have a heart to pump this blood around. The dorsal vessel is contractile, which does some of the work, and otherwise it's the undulating movement of their body that does it. It's thought that the blood vascular system so many animals share is a common evolutionary thread, meaning it evolved very early in evolutionary history in the common ancestor to all animals, 600 to 700 million years ago. All animals, including us and those clamworms that have blood vessels to carry oxygen to our various body parts, have that ancient ancestor to thank. This has been episode 55 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The show is produced on Wabanaki land. Check out photos of intertidal organisms on our Instagram. Search at The Essential Rhythm. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Sid Hartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week. 